Welcome to the 20th episode of the Triathlete Hour. This week, we're talking to up-and-comer Sam Long. Sam was on a tear last year, winning back-to-back races and Ironman Chattanooga at the age of just 23. This year, with no races on his schedule, he's been going after all the KOMs, claiming some famous ones and turning some heads in his Mount Lemmon KOM battle with Lionel Sanders. It was an interesting discussion, especially in light of the fact that after we recorded, Garmin suffered a ransomware attack and went offline for almost four days, leaving many people without the data they rely on, and sparking a debate about how much you should focus on your bike computer running watch and how much is too much. There is no right answer, of course. These are tools to help us be our best, but they're not the only tools. And it's something Sam here offers a great perspective and insight on. If you want to win Kona someday, which he does, then sometimes you just have to do the work consistently day in and day out and not worry about the epic one-off training days. And sometimes, especially right now, in the midst of a pandemic, he still wants to go after those epic days. That discussion after this short break. You don't want to miss anything we have coming. Subscribe to Triathlete Magazine on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts to get all of our latest right in your feed. Along with the Triathlete Hour, which features interviews with key figures in the sport, we have a bi-weekly training podcast, Fitter and Faster, which tackles tough training questions to get you fitter and faster. And we'll soon be launching a gear podcast to dive into all of your equipment questions. Plus, you can get the audio from all our Triathlete live shows, where readers are able to ask big names their own questions. All that on our Triathlete Magazine podcast feeds on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and SoundCloud. Keep listening. Okay, so this week we're talking to Sam Long, the 23-year-old winner of Ironman Chattanooga. You're, you're the young, hot, up-and-comer, right? Like, that's that's what we know about the big unit. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess that's my reputation. I'm uh, I'm coming on, onto the scene pretty hard, and I guess that's it's a fun thing to be in. It's a fun place to be in. I guess the most important question here is the big unit. Is your, did you give yourself that nickname? Where did it come from? Yeah, so it's uh, it came actually from a master swim, a master <laughs> swim coach, and uh, I was there this at the swim, and and it just so happened I was like the only guy at the swim, and there were like six or seven girls or something, and uh, if anyone knows me, especially like three or four years ago, like I could not swim, like I, I had even more upper body muscles than I do now, but I just did not know how to swim, and this this coach goes, Sam. You've got a massive strength to, to body weight like ratio, but he goes, you don't know how to swim. You're a big unit and we got to teach you how to use your power to propel you forward. And like everyone just started laughing. And then like in Boulder with my friends, we all, they all kind of started calling me that. And then, and then I was kind of like, oh, you know, I guess this could be a big, good nickname. So it sort of started as fun. <laughs> You're like, I'll lean into it. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I saw on your Instagram that you did the Colorado State Time Trial Championships on your bike this weekend, and then you did a KOM attempt, and then you did like a double run. I don't know. It, was, it sounded like a crazy weekend. So <laughs> first off, like, why? Why are you doing that? What was the state championships like? I think you got second. Is that right? Yep, I got second. So uh, I actually I did the state cha- TT champs in 2018, and I actually won. Um so I thought it'd be cool, especially cause it's like, could be the only race that happens all year. I said, okay, I'll do it again. And, um, this year, I guess some better people showed up because I actually, I broke the course record. Um, I went 
I went two minutes faster than I went two years ago. And uh, apparently I also broke like the USA national record for 40 K. Um, of course I won't hold the record because someone also went faster than me. So it was, <laughs> it, it was a great day. I mean, it was, it was qu- quite crazy to, I averaged like 31.4 miles per hour for 40 K. So it was like, it literally felt like I was descending the whole time. Like that's how fast it was. Huh. Um, and I was just trying to like keep my wits about me. Like, Oh, where are the potholes? Where, you know what I mean? Right. Like, Oh, try to make a corner and all sorts of stuff. But, uh, yeah, that was a great, great experience and a fun day. And then, uh, it was actually at the end of a three week block. I'm, I'm preparing for what now is I'm hoping for St. George to happen. I was preparing for Ironman Chattanooga and now I'm preparing for hopefully St. George or any type of race to happen in September. You're just, and, you're just trying to be ready in case you need to be ready. I'm trying to be ready. And so it was kind of then Sunday was then like the last day of my three week block before rest. And so my coach, Ryan Bolton wanted me to do another time trial. So, um, and the, this lines to Boulder time trial, if you live in Boulder, it's like, you can't help but ride this road. Um, right. Right. I've done so, it. And I've only lived in Boulder for three weeks. It's like the standard. Yeah. <laughs> it's the standard. You have to do it. And it's like the final segment of road ending most rides. And so, I time trial it all the time and I've had this long-term goal of getting the KOM on it. So I was like, you know what, let's just give this like a real proper go today. So I did, you know, with the full race setup, time trial suit, TT helmet, everything again. And, uh, and I did like big Watts for it. I did 415 Watts for like 21 and a half minutes. Okay. Okay. Um, And I'm still shy of it. It, That like, I, I'm looking into it more. Taylor Finney holds the record. And these guys, I don't mean to like sound like, oh, they're not great athletes. Taylor Finney would have destroyed me in a road race or a time trial, like in his peak form. But like on this training ride, like I- I'm starting to be like, it's not possible. So I actually messaged them all like, hey, was this actually motor paced? Like, or, or was it just a huge tailwind? Like, because I honestly, it doesn't seem possible to go that fast on this road under it, normal conditions. It's a very busy um, road too with cars. I would be like very sketched out. It's like, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're saying what I'm hearing is you're going down Strava holes where you start like looking at the other people's rides and trying to figure out like if they were riding with somebody else. It sounds, sounds exactly. okay. Yeah. And cause it sort of tells me their power and like none of them did anywhere near the power I did. <laughs> and then it, like if I look at the other people actually behind me on the leaderboard, every single one. So I'm now in fourth, every single person, fifth through 10th, they all say in their description, like this was either motor paced or it was a team time trial. So I'm like, Hmm, maybe like, maybe I actually have, have the KOM on it, but like, <laughs> I don't because it's motor paced or they did it in a group or, or, or maybe they had a big win, in which case it would be legitimate, but it's all just for fun anyways. Right. I was going to say, I mean, you've obviously been doing a lot of KOMs. We like to a story about you and Lionel, you know, going back and forth over the Mount Lemon KOM. I know you, I've just been to Boulder for a couple of weeks and I did the ride up to Ward and I saw you have that KOM. And so like you, I know you've been doing like all these KOMs. Why? First off, is it like a? Is it like really intense? Do you think? Are you worried you're doing too many? Is it? Are you going to be like burned out when we finally have races, or is it just fun? Uh, I mean, so I don't think I'll be burned out. For okay. me, it's kind of a way. It keeps me fun and it keeps me kind of motivated. Um, I guess like I'm just such a competitive guy, and I love to compare myself to people. And so, like, 
and that's ultimately what competition is about is going out and comparing yourself with the other athletes, certainly in the, in the pro field, you know, like if, if you show up at a pro race and there's say one other male pro there and you win or you get second, if you get second, you got dead last. So that's not, (laughs) not a good race. You know what I mean? Even though you could say, Oh, I got second place. So, um, I, I just like to compare myself and, and they sort of allow me to push and growing up in Boulder my whole life. Like I've ridden these segments for like a decade basically. So I can kind of track my progress. Um, and it's important for me to say like, Oh, have I actually improved compared to last year? And especially on some of these bike segments, like, okay, what does this tell me about? Have I made aerodynamic gains? And obviously I can track my power improvements, but if I'm getting a power, like if I'm improving power, but I'm actually going slower, right. that means either my bike setup is slower. Like, obviously I have to control for conditions a bit, but if I get higher power, same conditions, well, you know, more time means that actually I'm slower, even if I'm doing more power. So, so that would be like a question to look into. And, and thankfully that's not the case. I'm actually, <laughs> I'm actually going faster at lower powers. So, so that's a good thing. Right. That's, that's ideal. Yeah. I also saw, though, that, I mean, first off, you did get the Mount Lemon KOM, which is impressive because there's a lot of, like, pro cyclists that have done it. And then I saw last week or two weeks ago, you went and got the Magnolia Road running KOM, which is impressive because lots of pro runners do yeah. that. So you're kind of all over the place now. Kind of all over the place. Yeah, I'm trying to get, like, I'm trying to expand uh, what people think of me as and what I think of myself as, right? Generally, people have thought, oh, Sam's just a powerhouse on the bike and and he tries to hang on for dear life on the run. Um and they're not wrong. In the past, that was true. But uh, I'm trying to uh, improve and say, okay, I can cycle well, and then I can run, you know, maybe almost equally as well. Um, and I'm working on the swim, but there's not really any KOMs uh, swimming. <laughs> that would be great. That's the next thing that's going to come. Yeah. Or if the, unfortunately, if there were, I don't think I'd be setting them anyways. But. <laughs> I know you also were talking, I mean, there was kind of a joke, you and Lionel Sanders were talking a lot of trash about the Mount Lemon KOM, and I know you, like, kind of have a reputation of trash talking, putting out, like, I'm going to do this, I can be the best. Do you think, I know you've gotten some, like, pushback on that, and I know you think it's just fun, do you think, like, triathlon needs more of that? Like, why do you think that's worthwhile? Does that make sense? Yeah, that's a great question. Um... Yeah, first off, and I think uh, I don't think the trash talking with Lionel is done yet. Um, <laughs> uh, I think stay tuned for next week. And uh, the PTO put out a little bit of a video with me. They asked me a question, and and I think it was a little bit inflammatory my response. And so I think uh, I think I've 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 poked the lion yet again, and and he's going to be uh, coming after me a bit. So uh, so that's that. But but overall, I think it's in my opinion, it's for good fun and. And importantly, like Lionel or Ben Hoffman or Cam Wirth or Tim O'Donnell or any of these guys, Josh Amberger, if I'm trash talking them a bit, like it's actually out of respect. Like these guys are all guys I've looked up to. I've learned so much from them. I mean, I'm 24 now. So when they were winning Ironmans, I mean, I was like 16 years old thinking like, oh, I wanted to get into this sport, you know, and. So on one level, it's kind of like I have to sort of bring them down to earth in my own mind, because if I don't bring them down to planet earth, then I can't ever beat them myself. Right. Um, but on a more sort of global level for the sport, I think um, I think it's really good for the fans. And I think 
I think we've got this idea of like uh, the gentleman winner, which which is a great thing, you know. And but I've been to a lot of races and the press conferences and the winners ceremonies, and, and it all sort of ends up being the same. Like, oh, thank you so much to the volunteers, thank you so much to the competitors. I just want to go out and have my best day, and that's really all that matters. And like, to be honest, I don't think that's what people are thinking in their heads. Like, <laughs> all of us, we get on the race course and we want to win and we want to beat the other competitors. And yes, we're very thankful for what we got to do. And we're thankful for the volunteers, but there's more to it than that. And I think if we want, if we want triathlon to be more of a mainstream sport, like we need to see that competition and the rivalry, um, a bit more. And it doesn't mean like at the end of the race, whoever was the better man, you guys can still be great friends and pals and, and you're still grateful for racing and you're not disrespecting the other. So I guess that's, that's kind of my hope and, and dream, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there have been people in the past, historically, who have also had that, right, like McCormick, Chris McCormick, who have been all about kind of the making rivalries, making it more fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. And like, I mean, people, one of the most often things people still ask me and tell me about is like the Chris McCormack and the Craig Alexander rivalry. Like the fans absolutely loved that. Like, I think that was when people were the most into triathlon outsiders because they could just capture upon that rivalry. And I mean, there's probably lots of rivalries out there that are kind of like that today, but that aren't sort of highlighted or emphasized. Okay. So who's going to be your big rival then? Well, (laughs) I I guess I should say Lionel. It's going to be Lionel in the immediate future. But uh, yeah, but I I think like Rudy Vonberg in 70.3, I mean, we both live in Boulder and and so far he's only beat me. He's going to be a great rival. and, And Matt Russell's been a terrific terrific rival so far um because you guys both did chattanooga right and we both did chattanooga he got second earlier that year we biked together at lake placid i ended up dropping out of the race actually but he won the race the year before we raced like it was like three or four ironmans we raced together and like he actually beat me in every one that year but i was basically always like one spot behind him and i was often ahead like with like 30 K to go. Not that that means anything because no. he ended up ahead of me, but it was like, <laughs> it's just this big rivalry. And, and honestly it brought, it made me so much better because I went to all these races and it was like, Oh, Matt Russell's going to be here at every race. I feel like I stepped it up a bit, but he stepped it up, you know, a little bit more to beat me in every race. And then at the end of the season, I was like, you know, next year, like it's going to be a successful year. If I can beat Matt Russell in just one race, just once. you know, <laughs> And it's like even more motivated than to win or do anything. It's like, no, I want to go on a start line with this guy there and I want to beat them because they've pushed me to be better and they've made me better. And, and I love Matt Russell. He's such an amazing guy. And that's what sports about. It's about those competitions. For sure. Um, And I get that that's why you like kind of gotten really into staying, you know, competitive through all this, through the whole pandemic and the KOMs, but you have not gotten into the virtual racing. I know you and I talked about this a few weeks, a month ago, and you felt like it just wasn't fair, really, right? Like there weren't enough checks on it. It was kind of, eh. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, yeah, so I've done it twice because Iron Man's asked me to do it twice for them. And and. In both instances, I did really enjoy it. I actually won. I mean, I won both of them, but uh, I just, to me, it's like there really isn't like winning a virtual race. There's just so much question marks in the air. It's like, what if that trainer reads higher or lower or 
I mean, if you do it at Boulder, for example, you're at altitude, you're at 5,000 feet of elevation while you're racing people at sea level. Like there's just so many question marks and, and, oh, what do you put your weight in as? And so it's like, I'm just not too into it. And, and also it's because I just love to be outside. I love to run and ride and, and do all that stuff outside. And so, so I haven't personally gotten into it, although I think like, it's a great thing to keep people motivated and stuff right now, but it's just, uh, it's not for me to do all the time. For sure. They actually, Ironman actually this past weekend had people actually in the pool in Boulder, like yeah, swimming I against you. I liked that. It was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which was awesome. And like, so we, all the guys that did it, I knew. And so like a few other of us, we knew they were doing it on that day. So like right before they went in, we actually all did our same, it was 550 yards. We did a 550 yard time trial too, just to make it fun and to compare. And that I love because it's like, we all, we're all in the same pool, pushing off the same walls, going on the same day. Like, there's no like, oh, you know, my pool was one one yard shorter or something. Like, one yard shorter? I don't know if that happens with pools. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't happen. Or, or uh, you know, like it's standardized in a pool or they then did a 3K run as well. And, and you could do it anywhere you wanted, but it just had to be an out and back. And they all did it in Boulder. So right. same elevation. They did it on the same day. So the temperature is going to be about the same. So it's kind of just standardizing things. And I think it's, it's really difficult to standardize with a virtual race on a bike trainer. For sure. Uh, so you, I mean, you, like you said before, and I, and I think this is where you kind of got into triathlon. You grew up in Boulder. Your dad was like a really big cyclist. I know your mom's also super involved. So you kind of grew up just doing things outside, right? Like that's how you got into all the, is it a requirement of growing up in Boulder that you become super athletic? Do you just like have to? Uh, I don't think it's quite a requirement. I think there's a lot of people that uh, that definitely are super athletic. And, and it's funny now because I say like in a lot of ways, uh, being a professional triathlete is like the ultimate boulder lifestyle. <laughs> At the same time, it's not because the boulder lifestyle is like going for hikes and, you know, going down on Pearl Street and, and getting good food and, and like spending a lot of time outdoors, but not necessarily being like super competitive about it um well when you become a professional it's like you're never really going for hikes because you're out on your bike or swimming or running like very focused and disciplined every day but uh but yeah i mean growing up here was was amazing because i think i think i kind of got this idea that working out or i didn't even call it working out until i was 20 because I thought it was like fun. So I thought like, you know, going out and having fun three or four times a, w- a day. So doing three or four workouts a day was like, that's just common practice. That's what you do. Like not to stay fit, like not to compete. Like that's literally just what you do to be happy and to focus on at, at school or your job or whatever it is. <laughs> You're like, that's just normal. Everyone does like 6K in the pool in the morning. Yeah, it, like that is true, especially because I was at Rally Sport growing up, you know, and so like I didn't even know it at the time, but that's when Craig Alexander was coming here all the time. And T.O., these guys, they were all still in the pool. And I didn't really even know they were professional triathletes. Like I sort of did, but like I just thought, wow, these guys are like, yeah, they're living the Boulder lifestyle and they're really fit. And here they are, like, you know, smashing out 6K and then they're going for runs and they're going for bikes. And I thought, like, oh, that's just kind of what everyone does. It's like, no, this is actually the Ironman world champion. Like it's not what everyone does, but I thought, I thought that's what it was. So I sort of started copying it, I guess. You're like, yeah, my neighbor just does this. You don't realize like he's the world champion. That's pretty. Yeah. yeah. And you eventually obviously did a, 
triathlon in high school. I read that you did your first Ironman like right after high school and and you went 930 like in your first one. That's not that's not like gradual <laughs> success. That's like kind of like immediately being good at something. <laughs> I know the story would almost be better if like if in the first one I went like 14 hours right. or something and it was like, oh, I, I like I, I wasn't very fast. And then I had to really buckle down. But uh, yeah, I went 927 and and it was like it was only like my third or fourth triathlon ever. Basically, I wanted to just do an Ironman. I was like, I don't care. I don't want to do a half. I don't want to do an Olympic. I just want to do an Ironman. Let's just get right to it. And my mom wisely, she was like, I guess my best coach at the time. <laughs> She said, like, why don't you, like, you know, you already signed up for the Ironman um, in August. So why don't you do, like, an Olympic distance in at the beginning of June? And then you can do a half, you know, in the beginning of July. And those can kind of build you up to it. And, and I was like, well, I really don't want to spend the money on the registration fees and blah, blah, blah. But, but she was like, well, whatever. I'll pay for your registration fees. She's you're, like, you're I will 18. pay you to save you from yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so I, I did, yeah, two leading up to it. And then and then I did the full full shebang. And so were you, I mean, obviously that's kind of like immediately being good, right? I think you were what, like 13th overall, even counting the pros or something like that. So were you then immediately like, all right, this is it. I'm going to, I'm going to be a pro. I'm going to be awesome. I'm all in. Because I feel like you still went to college. Like you're only like 18 at that point, right? Yeah. So, so yeah, actually that's kind of when I think the story gets, interesting like leading up to it i i suppose i didn't have that many difficulties mm-hmm. um although actually doing my first ironman was actually my idea of rehab for an mcl injury i had skiing so i tore my mcl that spring skiing and i like couldn't run and blah 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 and the first thing i could do was sw- was bike with the big knee brace and then i could swim with a pole buoy and my dad because he thought this was a great idea basically said like Oh, it's the first year Ironman Boulder is here. Like you should do that, like as like your recovery from your MCL. I, I mean, who does an <laughs> Ironman recovery from an MCL? You know. But so, anyways, I did that. But but it, it all went smooth. I mean, even with the MCL injury, they said like, oh, you're not going to walk for two weeks. Um, and I was walking like three days later. But that that's just how I've always been. I kind of my parents always called me Rubber Boy growing up. But uh. Anyways, the difficulties and and sort of rising up through the ranks really sort of started actually after the first one, because yeah, I went to college. I went and I, I finished college, but uh, it was kind of like I had this immediate success, and then I actually had a whole number of setbacks with coaching and um and just kind of like staying committed through college, and and obviously then I actually did I did two majors and a minor in school, so it was like this really busy time of mm-hmm. life, like well, I'm studying all the time. I'm training all the time, like trying to find the balance and, and trying to also like answer questions of, Oh, like is being a professional triathlete, is that like a real, real career you can do and pursue that? Or is like, is this just a hobby? And I need to like go into like work with my degree kind of, you know? And and so I, I really weighted those questions for all the way throughout college. And I think just like having that, in a way, like lack of self-belief, like, oh, you know, it's, it makes more sense to become a physiotherapist. That's what I was saying I would do. It makes, it makes a lot more sense to become a physiotherapist and just race triathlons as an age grouper and kind of go that route. But in the back of my head, I kept on having something say like, no, you need to like commit and you need to see what you can do. And, um, finally, when I graduated school, 
and, and yeah, I raced as a professional all the way throughout, but really I didn't have great results then mm-hmm. as a professional in college, partly because I was training so much. Again, I had some self-doubt and then I graduated uh, right before the start of 2018. So I graduated in December of 2017. And I said, like, I sat down with my parents. I said, like, look, I'm going to commit and I'm going to commit till I'm 25. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna, and I'm, I'm now just turning 25 uh, in like six months. I said, I'm going to commit till I'm 25. And if nothing happens then, then I'll be done with triathlon. I'll put it down. I'll go and I'll get a regular job. And like then two weeks after I graduated, I flew to Noosa, Australia to do a training camp. And it was like, and I trained and then I still, I'm currently right now sitting in my parents' basement (laughs) and I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes, you know, like I'm going to train hard. I'm going to eat well. Like I'm going to live the professional lifestyle and see if I can make it happen. And Thankfully, it looks like it's, it's, it's starting it's to happen. Happening. Why did you think you need to go to New South? I mean, you lived in kind of the triathlon capital of, of the U.S. Why fly all the way around the world to get in training? Yeah, that, I mean, so it was the winter here. So <laughs> Boulder, but I, I think even more, it was like a mental thing. Like growing up in Boulder, like I was just in my comfort zone in Boulder, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it was more like I got to get out of my comfort zone again, like much like doing that first Ironman, like I was so out of my comfort zone training for that. And it went great. And I was like, I got to get out of my comfort zone, go and live on my own, like meet new people, train on roads, I don't know. And like, basically, the ultimate goal of going to Noosa was like, make me hungry for success in triathlon. And that's what it did. I didn't have a car like I rode my I had one bike. I rode my time trial bike to the store to get groceries. I rode it to the pool. Like I rode it everywhere, you know, and I slept in an Airbnb with like six other dudes and I paid like $18 a night, but they were all there to party and I was there (laughs) to train. So like, I just learned to sleep with earplugs and I just like went to bed at like 830 every night and was up and it was like, it was this totally amazing time. (laughs) Well, you just went there without knowing anyone, without knowing anything. Uh, yeah, I literally knew like no one. I had I had reached out to Cal Millward about it, a few questions, and and he steered me along and he told me what day the group rides were, um, and that there was a great pool there, and what part of town to stay in, and and that was about it. But like I actually had never met him, and I I literally knew not a single person there. But like I got out there and you know, and it was so good for me. Like I just it, it pushed me out of my comfort zone and okay. And, by the end, I've got so many good friends there still that I stay in contact with, even though I was only there for three months. Okay. Okay. So that kind of jump started your career. Then I feel like last year was really a breakthrough year for you because you won back to back 70.3s, like two weeks apart, right? And then you won Ironman Chattanooga. And, and, uh, and I hear rumor is in Boulder, you basically like won a group ride here and dropped a whole bunch of pros. Then gossip started spreading as it does in Boulder. Right. And so like you started to make a name for yourself. What do you think changed last year? Did it just like finally come together? I know you like got you started working with uh, your coach like what last year, the year before. Yeah, I started working with him like at the end of uh, 2018. Mm-hmm. So then he kind of took control and and reined me in for 2019. I was going to say, I feel um, like someone needs to rein you in, right? Stop you from doing too much. <laughs> exactly. And so, like, I, I actually was just looking over my training peaks, like, from 2018. Um, and I was looking at it, and I was like, I actually think I had the strength to win an Ironman in 2018. But, like, I was looking at my training, and honestly, I did, like, bigger training weeks than I do now. Mm-hmm. But I was nowhere near as fit as I am now. And I just had this, like, obsession in my mind of, like, 
bagging an epic training week or even an epic session. And so it was like, I sort of lost the forest for the trees. Like instead of being like, oh, I just need to put in consistent work for like whatever it might be, 16 weeks leading into an Ironman. I was like, you know, I would literally focus like it was this pot of gold. Like if I do this one training week and every session is like this big and this many hours, then like that gets me ready for an Ironman, like one week and even one session within that week. And, uh, and, but then I would like not train much leading into that week and not train much leading out of that week. And so I really just like, I got a little bit lost coaching myself and, and a little bit, I, yeah, I just got a little confused, I guess. And so Ryan's really sort of like, he's actually brought me, he's held me back, like compared mm-hmm. to what I used to do. Like, it's just more consistent and it's still pretty big, hard training, but it's, uh, it's consistent and it's steady and it's not, I'm not like killing myself to just to get the training done. Um, we talked to him on our training podcast last week about like the art of coaching. And I think he talked a little bit about like holding people back, figuring out when to push someone when they need like need to be, you know, saved from themselves, that kind of thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure he's got uh, examples of me in his mind. But but also I have learned like there's things and especially like with COVID, there's things I need to do like just for my soul to keep me happy, Mm -hmm. like, especially with no racing. And like, he's, he's good at knowing when to let me do those things too. So like a month ago, he, he let me ride my bike home from Crested Butte to Boulder, um, which is, it's all through the Rocky mountains. It was 240 miles, um, with dirt and it was like 20, 20, 20,000 feet of elevation gain. Um, and it's one way and I did it on my own. And that was like, it was the most amazing day I've ever had on a bike. And like from a coaching standpoint, like from a physiological perspective, it's kind of like, what does 240 miles do? Like maybe not, you know, the cost might outweigh the benefits, but like mentally I needed to do that. And he gave me the okay, you know? And, but then, then after that, he sort of helped, like, I, I don't even want to say it's holding me back. I mean, it's still been <laughs> hard training, but. <laughs> How long did that take? Uh, was that like a two day thing or did you do it all in one day? I did it, yeah, in one day. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> yeah, I did it on my time trial bike. And to be <laughs> honest, we actually we thought it was more like 215 miles. So so we were a little bit off in our estimate. So the last hour got a bit much. And especially it's it's this road. It's actually called, it's literally called Oh My God Road. Um, and it's out of Idaho Springs. And it's a dirt road. And it's like one and a half miles long. And it's it's loose gravel and it's like 20% average for one and a half miles. And, and I had to walk the thing here I am. And I like, I'm, I had to walk the thing and I'm like, I might not make it back before dark. Like here I am walking my bike. <laughs> you're like, I am an Ironman champion. And you're like walking your bike up this hill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what is a typical week for you? Like in terms, I mean, obviously right now is a little like a weird time, but what would you say generally, you know, People always want to know what kind of training do the pros do? What is like a, a typical kind of. Totally. And so right now I actually am on a pretty typical, typical training block because I'm, I'm preparing and hoping for St. George to happen. And I'm kind of saying like, it's better to prepare to succeed. And then if it doesn't happen, at least I'm, I'm prepared and just have to deal with the disappointment of it not happening. But if I don't prepare and it does happen, then then I I can't go anyways, you know, cause I'm not prepared. So, um, I pretty much swim, bike and run like almost every day. It's okay. about five, maybe six days a week. Like I, I do all three and, uh, 
generally like my key bikes are Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. Um, and those, those involve some quantity of like intervals and stuff. Um, it depends on the week, but, but not generally too much work here. It's more like ride in the mountains, maybe end with a, with a time trial, like lions to Boulder. Um, not as hard as I did it the other week, but well, just three days ago. Um, and then Wednesday, Friday and Sunday I run. Um, and with Ryan, unlike a lot of coaches, um, it's just a different philosophy. The long run is actually really the key run of the week. So other, other coaching programs, you might do like a harder run, mm-hmm. um, whatever Wednesday and Friday and do your intervals. And then you might just run 90 minutes pretty easy on Sunday. But with Ryan, it's generally about two hours, but there's actually a lot of pace work. So it might be like 10 miles at six minute pace at Ironman pace, or it might even be, you know, a number of miles at 70.3 pace. So it really teaches like to run fast, even when you're tired. And then my number one run, I do this, I do it on Monday and Friday, Monday, I run only six and Friday, I run about 10. And I end with strides. That's my number one run. And and that those sessions, they never go every Monday and every Friday of the entire year, basically, except for maybe like three Mondays or Fridays. I've done that. Okay. Like it's, it's rock solid consistent. And um, what Ryan always says about coaching is like, he likes to say, keep it stupid, simple. So kiss. Um, and it's like the training plan can be, you know, pretty easy to understand, but that doesn't mean it's easy to execute. And where Ryan comes in as a coach isn't so much like it is in writing the plan and how he puts it all together is really amazing, but it's actually getting you to stick to the plan and do the plan week after week after week after week and follow his progression. And it's not, there's no magic really in any given week. Right. Right. And you, uh, I know some people obviously love consistency. Some people are like, no, I need variety. Like I need to do something fun. I like my mind's going to, you know, break here. Which, which do you prefer? You like got your mind around this consistency thing? Yeah, I used to be like, I used to want like, oh, you know, give me all these sessions with different things. And, but I've come to really like the consistency. Like I really enjoy now, like, okay, I wake up on a Monday. I know I run first. I run six miles. Then I come back. I have a quick breakfast and I go to the pool and I swim and then I come back and I can hang out for a bit. And then I do a 90 minute bike ride. That's every single Monday. And it kind of just gives me like this, uh, it, it just allows me to settle into a routine and I don't have to use mental energy to decide what I'm doing. And because I don't have to use that mental energy, it allows me to put more energy into the training or the recovery or whatever. And, and actually what's even weird is I've even taken it a step farther. So like every Monday I generally run the same exact route and I bike the same exact route. So it's like, I actually do the same exact routes most days of the week. Um, (laughs) And it's just because then I, I don't have to think at all. I just do it. But then, of course, every now and then I do and I go like, OK, I need a break in the routine. Right. right let me go ride 200 miles. Um, but in general, I, I stick to this routine and this consistency and I just put it in like week in and week out. I actually hear that a lot from like pros where they actually don't want to run a different route. They want to run the same route every time because then, you know, this is how long it like, you know, if you did it 30 seconds slower or faster yeah. than usual, you know exactly what you're doing. You don't have to think about it. You have to waste time thinking about it. Exactly. And it's like, honestly, we're out there so much. Like if I wanted to like try and find a new route or a more interesting route every single week, like I would have to spend my entire existence, like looking up routes and, and figuring it out. And it's actually nice because it, it allows the brain to turn off on a Monday morning. I head out the door. I run the same route. Like 
I don't even have to think about it. I could do the route with my eyes closed and therefore I can just be in my thoughts and, right. and just sort of. Huh. Well, how are you dealing with all this COVID stuff? I mean, you said, obviously, you were planning on Chattanooga. I was planning on Chattanooga. Chattanooga is not happening. Um, no. And so now you're like adjusting. But St. George might not happen either, for sure. It's only a week later than Chattanooga. So how are you kind of dealing with this uncertainty and staying ready? Yeah, it's it's a great question. <laughs> I mean, I, I have definitely some not so good days and some not so good weeks even where it's just like, I lose motivation and thankfully I, I can still try and get out the door. And the biggest thing I'm telling myself is like at my age at 24 years old and that I'm training for my long-term development and that there's still so many things I can do as an athlete. So I'm, I'm honestly trying to trick myself in my mind that like, okay, doing a, which is what I'm on. I'm on a 12, I was on a 12 or 15 week program for Chattanooga or now St. George. And I'm like doing that 15 week program, even if there's no race makes me a better athlete. Um, and of course it's hard to think that cause it's like, it's a monumental quantity of work to do right. to then not see any immediate output, but, but overall it's true. And, and, um, so I'm thankful I'm sort of in my developmental stage. And, and to be honest, I think most age groupers, like you can look at, I'd say like athletic age. Um, and I'm actually like my age is low, but my athletic age is also relatively low because I started triathlon when I was 18. So there's so much for me to gain, which means like I always have to train and I always have to work and I always have to put this consistency in. And most age groupers are actually in the same spot. There's so much for them to gain and improve on that if they don't have a race, they can actually keep improving. And and actually, to be honest, like and I I, I hate thinking it, but it's actually true is not racing for a year could actually be like the best thing ever for me because it's just allowed it, it allows me just to put in consistent work and it's going right. to allow me to be better next year even though it's like i live and die for racing so to not ha- if it's happening Clearly. i'm going to be at the race, <laughs> you know so it needs to be taken away in order for me maybe to actually improve over time i think yeah okay what are your big goals i mean i, I feel like you got some big ones what what kind of do you want to achieve in the next you know year five years ten years yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just, I guess I'll say it since you ask. I mean, Kona's the big goal. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping uh, Ben Hoffman or even T.O. that one of them can go and win Kona for the Americans here in the next in the next few years. But uh, my goal is to win Kona. That's my long-term goal. You started training with both of them like last, I, I know Ben was like in town and you kind of start, trained with him some last year when he was prepping, right? Yeah, I've trained with Ben, Ben, uh, quite a bit. So, and, and he's taught me, he's taught me loads and he has the same coach, Ryan Bolton, right. which, which is actually due to Ben Hoffman sort of setting us up. So, um, whoever knew Ben Hoffman was a matchmaker, but, <laughs> but he is and just great, great guy. I mean, he's, he's taught me everything and training with him. He taught me how to be a, a true professional, how to approach recovery and, and training and, and say no to all the things that are actually uh, a hindrance to performance. That's what I was so, going to, okay. That's what I was about to ask was what did you learn you think from like him or from some of these other guys who've been around for a bit? Yeah. So like, particularly from Ben, like I, I really think he's one of the most professional guys out there. Um, like he, he, he's, he's someone who he has put consistent work in over time and he has outworked essentially everyone and it's made him one of the best in the world, you know? And, and he set up such a team with Kelsey, his wife, mm-hmm. um, and it just works so well as a team. And it's like, 
they just get it done and they stay focused and they stay disciplined. And it's like, yeah, Ben has accomplished so much by how he set up his life and and it's just executing perfectly. It's like if, if it was running a business, like everything would just be run flawlessly and smoothly. And even if there's setbacks, he's got, you know, mechanisms in place to sort of, you know, override it and still continue on and progress. And, and so I've learned a lot about that. Like, oh, how do I set my life up like for success? It's not just in the training session. Like it's one thing to go out and you nail all the training sessions, but it's, you know, how do I have it set up so I have good food, right? When I recover and, and how do I anticipate when I'm going to be tired and I'm not going to be able to make good food, like that good food better already be made and in the <laughs> fridge and stuff, you know? And so it's, it's always thinking three steps ahead and like, and taking the emotion out of it in a way like, okay, I want to race, you know, Ironman New Zealand. I want to race Ironman St. George. I want to race Ironman Wisconsin. I want to race Ironman Canada. And it's like, that's what I say in my mind, but it's like, okay, take a step back. Like, it's not about what you want to do. Pick maybe one or max two of those and really go and do those well, right. you know? And so, um, but I learned something different from, from everyone. And I, I, I guess I sort of like go and I just sort of love taking it all in and learning from them. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's what I hear a lot from pros, right? So much of it's planning and meal planning and and like making sure everything works in your life, right? Yeah, exactly. And on the day-to-day level and even like the the bigger, the macro level, right? Like how does, if you want to win Kona, like you might want to start and step five years back and say like, okay, what do I need to do for five years leading into that? But even like within a season, it's like, okay, if I want to win Kona and I have to qualify for an Ironman, like when should that Ironman be like, and to answer that question, you have to kind of remove like, which Ironmans do I really want to do? Because it might not be the same answer, you know? And so it's, it's really picking like, what's the main goal. And then, and then I guess making sacrifices so that you can achieve that main goal right. um, and not staying so focused on the little goals along the way. <laughs> all, you don't have to get all the KOMs you're saying for the big goal. Yeah, <laughs> something like that something like that i know uh i know you mentioned you know ben's wife is like a big part of his team i know your girlfriend you met in noosa but she's in canada and that's like another factor with covid right it's this whole like you can't travel you guys haven't been able to see each other which i think is another thing like a lot of age group like we're all going through there's like all this extra stress in life right now right that you have totally. to like, deal with yeah it's been that's been like the worst part i haven't well my girlfriend is now here so that is absolutely amazing um, but I hadn't, I hadn't seen her for four and a half months. And right. that was like, I mean, it was so hard. It was like, okay, like this is, and we normally see each other like once a month basically. And it was like, okay, we're not seeing each other. Like she wasn't working cause her, she's a dentist and her dental office closed cause of COVID it's back open now. I wasn't racing. So we were both like, well, geez, neither of us are doing anything we want to be doing and we're not seeing each other. So it was just like, it was one of these days where it was times in, in life where it was like, just got to get up every day and, and keep trying to do something and try and find enjoyment in what I was doing. And, and to be honest, like the last four and a half months, like they weren't great, right. but, but I think I made the best out of them. And so it was like, yeah, maybe all these KOMs weren't the best. Like maybe I expended a little bit too much effort, but like the alternative I think would have been being depressed and lying in bed all day. So like, which one's better? Like... <laughs> fair, fair point. I think everyone's kind of going through that, right? Like every, everyone I talk to, everyone's like very up and down. It's been, it's been a tough time for sure. 
Yeah. And it's, it's really weird for me because I've always been like, I'm usually like rock steady. Like I just wake up and I'm happy every day and I'm like in a good mood. And now like at least once a week more, I wake up and I'm just in a bad mood and I don't want to do anything. And I'm like, what, what the heck? Like, and, and it's, but it's such good life lessons. Cause it's learning like, okay, how do I carry on with that? And, you know, find a way to still be happy and productive. For sure. Yeah. We talked to Lauren Brandon on the podcast and obviously she's also a very cheerful person, but we were, our joke was if there are no triathlons, are you even a triathlete anymore? Like, how do you even figure out what you're doing? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's how we all feel. I think that's how we all feel. Yeah. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you, usually we kind of end with like a, would you rather? And so here's my, would you rather for you? Would you rather get all the KOMs or win an Ironman in real life? Oh, I'll go with winning Ironman in real life. I mean, all the KOMs would be pretty nice, but um, I'll go with winning an Ironman is better. Yeah, I got to imagine winning an Ironman is pretty fun. So Totally. Yep. Winning an Ironman. <laughs> uh, well, thank you so much for, for chatting with us. And, you know, good luck with everything uh, with, with, you know, the long term five year, 10 year plan. Yeah. Thank you, Kelly. Thanks to Sam for the chat this week and to all of you for listening. You can read more about his KOM battles and about the Garmin outage on our website. Or you can join our triathlete magazine Strava Club to compare yourself to other triathletes. And be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss any future episodes. Keep listening and keep training.